everyone and welcome to reading by flashlight we're still continuing our fifth series i think on the ichabog which is written by jk rowling who's also the author of the famous harry potter series and we are getting toward the end of the book i think this is going to end up being the second to last uh episode so without further ado let's begin with chapter 49 which is titled escape from mog runters so apparently there's been many attempts to escape from mog runters orphanage but so far none of them have been successful all the keys and every way of access you have to go through basher john and the last boy who had tried to steal the keys from him had well basically spent months recovering from injuries so Bert, Daisy, Martha, and Roderick all knew that they were kind of coming to the age where they were soon going to be thrown out of the orphanage because Ma Grunter didn't want to take anybody in that she wasn't going to get paid for it. And once they become a certain age, she couldn't be paid to take care of them. So every night they are trying to somehow plan an escape. They're trying to come together, pool all their information that they have about the Ichabog and the Cornucopia together to kind of figure out, okay, what can we do? Here's kind of what each individual knows. So Daisy told them about how she was kidnapped. Bert shared how he feared that his father's death was actually an accident. And Roderick talked about how the Darkfooters faked attacks on the town with these wooden feet to make people believe that it was the Ichabog. So they had kind of put all this information together, but there were still some things that the boys weren't telling them. So Roderick, the thing that he wasn't saying was that he suspected that Mr. Beamish had been accidentally shot in the marsh and he hadn't told Bert because he was scared that Bert was going to blame him for not telling him any sooner. So he decided to just keep it quiet. But Bert was pretty certain what he was keeping a secret was that he was pretty certain that Mr. Dovetail was the one who had carved the feet for the giant footers, giant, the giant footers, the dark footers, but he didn't want to tell Daisy that he thought that because he was he was certain that Mr. Dovetail had been killed after making them so he didn't want to give Daisy false hope that he might still be alive. So one other night Martha finds out that there's an inspector coming the next day and they realize that now's the time that they have to get away. This is a chance they have. So they think that they have to steal the keys from Basher John. So in the middle of the night, Roderick and Bert broke into Basher John's room. They did have to put up a fight for a little bit but they ended up getting back John's boots, the keys, and they locked him in his room. And then it took them a couple minutes just to unfasten, you know, all the padlocks and chains that were on the door. And so they slipped out, off out into the streets and set off for the marshlands through the first few flakes of snow. Chapter 50 is titled A Winter's Journey. So this was one of the hardest, coldest winters that Cornucopia has ever had. So our main characters here are probably going to go through a little bit of a harder time trying to make their way to um, where they need to go. And Martha was a big help to them because she knew and was familiar with the way to get there. So she helped them a lot with guiding them and giving them directions. And they found this wagon that was completely covered in like the rich foods of their country. And they were like, where's all this come from? And it was from... It was with the group of soldiers that uh, Spittleworth and Flapoon had made to look like they were heading in the direction of the marshlands so that, you know, people were con would be convinced that they were actually going to start the Ichabod Brigade and stuff. And apparently they abandoned post because of the winter storm that was coming and left all this food here that was just, it's just solid frozen at this point. 
frozen solid, I guess. Frozen solid, solid, frozen. I think it's fro frozen solid, not solid, frozen. So they all huddled together against the wagon and they soon just fell asleep and they were covered in snow, you know, when they woke up. And then when they woke up, there was this giant shadow over them. And there was two enormous arms covered in long green hair that kind of looked like the marshweed. It just was over them. And as easy as if they were like little babies, the Ichabog just scooped them up and took them into the marsh. So I guess the Ichabog is real, but not the one that we've been thinking about this whole time. Chapter 51 is titled Inside the Cave. So the children were still asleep at the point when they were taken by the Ichabog. So they kind of woke up inside this just deep, dank cave. And so they're talking to each other. And then they're like, did you see that? The Ichabog's real. And Martha was like, I told you there was such thing as an Ichabog. And Roderick was like, I think he's cooking pies. And oddly enough, they were like, yeah, it kind of does smell like pie in here for some reason. And then they look and the Ichabog in this big, booming, very deep voice says, eat them. And so all four of them open their eyes. And they're like, it says, you might think the fact that the Ichabog could speak their language would be a huge shock, but they were already so stunned that the monster was real that in that it knew how to make fires and that it was cooking venison pies that they barely stopped to consider it at this point. They're like, we've been surprised so much at this point. Like, we're not even, we're not even frazzled by the fact that it can talk. So then Bert, who at this point is just crawling with curiosity, is like, what are you going to do with us? And then in his deep voice, he says, I am going to eat you, but not yet. And so the Ichabog, he turns to pick up this pair of baskets. And then he turns to them and he just says, roar. And he's like, it's like, he didn't actually roar. He just said the word roar. And then the four kids just stared at the Ichabog. He blinked and then turned around and walked out of the cave. And then a boulder was put at the cave's mouth so that they couldn't escape. And they listened as the Ichabog's footprints died away as he crunched on top of the snow. Chapter 52 is called Mushrooms. And they found these picture carvings on the wall of like the Ichabog, Ichabogs, numerous Ichabogs chasing people and stuff and eating people. And they were like, this is really weird. Like, this has to prove that um, Major Beamish was eaten by the Ichabog. And so, you know, this came to mind. But one question I have is they talk about how the Ichabog eats all the bones and stuff, eats everything. If that was true, then how was part of Major Beamish's body brought back? Like, if... If the Ichabog eats everything, then there wouldn't even be a body to have brought back. The Ichabog enters the cave and he just says, roar. Like, I don't know where he got this from, who he heard, what animal he heard doing this or whatever. But he just says the word roar and he, think this is, he thinks this is going to scare them. But it doesn't. And he has all this, brings them all these mushrooms and foods and stuff. And he's just like, eat this. Then Martha, who's terrified at this point, comes to some realization and she's like, he's trying to fatten us up so he can eat us. And chapter 53 is titled The Mysterious Monster. So in this chapter, they're kind of discussing stuff. And at the end of it, Daisy's like, okay, I got to figure some things out. I'm going to go talk to the Ichabod because he can obviously talk. 
So I'm going to go have a conversation with him. And everyone's like, no, you're going to get killed. So he's like, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Chapter 54 is titled The Song of the Ichabog. So first thing when she sits down is she asks him, what language do you sing the song? What language do you speak when you sing the songs? And he's like, Icarish. She's like, what? well, what's the song about? And he says, it's a story of Ichabogs and your kind too. Daisy's like, well, you mean people? And he's like, yeah, people. The, st the two stories are one story because people were born did out of Ichabogs. And so she's like, what does born did mean? Is it the same thing as born? The Ichabog says, no, born did is very different from being born. It's how new Ichabogs come to be. And so Daisy is like, that's pretty much the same thing as being born. So he's like, well, it isn't. Born and born are very different things. When babies are born, we have born and them die. So basically what he's saying is born did is what the Ichabogs go through. Whenever the Ichabogs have children, the, the mother dies always like that. There's no exception. And she said that it's very important to have a good warning because if you die sad and hopeless, then the babies aren't going to survive. But if you die happy and full of hope, then the Ichabogs the babies are going to be very successful. So this is a song, and I'll say it. It's really long though, so that might push the episode a few minutes uh, more, longer, but we'll read it anyway. It says, at the dawn of time when only Ichabogs existed, stony, man was not created with his cold flint-hearted ways. Then the world in its perfection was like heaven's bright reflection. No one hunted us or harmed us in those lost beloved days. O oh, Ichabogs, come bonding back, come bonding back my Ichabogs. O oh, Ichabogs, come bonding back, come bonding back my own. Then tragedy, one stormy night, came bitterness bonded of fright, and bitterness so tall and stout was different from its fellows. Its voice was rough, its ways were mean, the lights of it had not been seen. Before and so they drove it out with angry blows and bellows. O oh, Ichabogs, be bonded wise, be bonded wise my Ichabogs. O oh, Ichabogs, be bonded wise, be bonded wise my own. A thousand miles from its old home, its bonding time arrived alone. In darkness, bitterness expired, and hatred came to being. A hairless Ichabog, this last, a beast sworn to avenge the past. With the bloodlust was the creature fired, its evil eyes far seeing. O Ichabogs, be bonded kind, be bonded kind, my Ichabogs. O Ichabogs, be born, bonded kind, be bonded kind, my Ichabogs. Then hatred spawned the race of man. Twas from ourselves that man began. From bitterness and hate they swelled to armies raised to smite us. In hundreds, Ichabogs were slain. Our blood poured out on the land like rain. Our ancestors like trees were felled, and still men came to fight us. O Ichabogs, be borned brave, be borned brave, my Ichabogs. O Ichabogs, be borned brave, be borned brave, my own. Men forced us from our sunlit home, away from grass to mud and stone, into the endless fog and rain, and here we stayed and dwindled. Till of our race there's only one, survivor of the spear and gun, whose children must begin again with hate and fury kindled. O Ichabogs, now kill the men, now kill the men, my Ichabogs. O Ichabogs, now kill the men, now kill the men, my own. So, whatever the mother was feeling or the characteristics of her at the time are what the children will be born in. So, the kids come to the conclusion that if this Ichabog eats the four of them, during the bond, the bonding, then the Ichabogs will grow up to believe that Ichabogs are to eat and to kill people. Chapter 55, we go back to the castle, I guess, because it's called Spittleworth Offends the King. So King Fred is still being sent these fake letters that are being written by Splatoon. Splatoon? No! Flapoon and Spittleworth. 
And um, they're just fake letters praising the king, praising the chief advisor, of course, and just saying how the country's so rich and so great right now. And of course, King Fred, as dumb as he is, is going to believe this because now he never goes out and observes his people. And so King Fred is talking about all these great things. Oh, we should put on uh, an exhibition and we should get an Ichabog stuff so the people can really see that we're doing our job. And he's like, mm-hmm, we do this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and he's coming up with all these ideas that if the king were to demand that they happen, eventually he would find out the truth about that really there are no Ichabogs terrorizing his people. And so Spittleworth and Flapoon are getting really nervous about this. They're like, we can't keep letting him come up with these ideas and giving them to us. So he's like, okay, let's just leave. So they go and they leave the king's table. And the king is like, hey, I didn't give you permission to get up from my table. And then they're like, yes, but we beg your pardon because we just have this thing we have to go do. So like, we need to leave now. And he's like, all the same, I remain the king, Spittleworth. I'm your king. You do what I say. And so he's like, of course. So Fred's like, hmm, well, see, you remember it. Be quick about stuffing that Ichabog. I want to display it to the people. Uh-oh. And we now enter chapter 56, the dungeon plot. And so they're observing the uh, dungeon and they're kind of, like, people are seeing the national anthem. People are kind of happy and satisfied with cooking and stuff. And he's like, you people are supposed to be mad. You're supposed to be angry. Why are you people so happy and stuff and he's just like i need to figure out what to do with the king because we need to do something or else our idea our lies are going to be exposed so at the end of the chapter it says this lies upon lies upon lies once you started lying you had to continue and then it was like being captain of a leaky ship always plugging holes in the side to stop yourself sinking lost in thoughts of skeletons and sawdust spittleworth had no idea that he just turned his back on what promised to be his biggest problem yet a dungeon full of plotting prisoners, each of whom had knives and chisels hidden beneath their blanket and behind loose bricks in their walls. They're gonna escape. I know, it's freedom! Uh, chapter 57 is called Daisy's Plan. So we're back in the cave, the four friends are still there, and Daisy's been having more and more conversations with the Ichabod. Uh, Martha, Bert, and Daisy are... No, Martha, Bert, and Roderick are still a little scared to like go up and have full-out conversations with Ichabod but Daisy's not she's like fearless at this point and she's like talking to him in conversations and she's trying to figure out how she can not only save them from being eaten but save all of Cornucopia by becoming friends with the Ichabod and she finally says well what if what if they saw their Icker which is what they call like the mother and father it's like, what if they saw them surrounded by people who love them and who are hopeful so that they know that they can live amongst humans and not be killed? And so the Ichabod says, perhaps, well, perhaps it would be better if I didn't eat you, Daisy. So it says, when my bonding comes, you and your friends are going to surround me and my Ichabuggles will be born knowing that you're their friends too. And after that, you're going to have to stay with them here on the marsh forever. And so Daisy's like, well, there's a problem with that, you know? The the food on the wagon's gonna run out. You know, I don't think you have enough mushrooms here to support the four of us and your children. And so she says, well, what are we going to do? So Daisy, she says this. This is what Daisy says. Ichabog, people are dying all over Cornucopia. They're starving to death and they're even being murdered because some evil men make are making everyone believe that you want to kill people. 
And the Ichabod says, well, I did want to kill people until I met you four. Daisy says, but now you've changed. Now you understand the, that people, most people aren't cruel or wicked. They're mostly just sad and tired. And if they knew how nice and gentle and kind you are, they would understand it's just stupid to be afraid of you. And they would leave you alone. And so the Ichabod is like, but I'm afraid to go among men. They'll hurt me, you know, they'll kill me. And Daisy said, they won't. We're not going to let them do that. We'll protect you. Your bonding is going to be the most important in history. We're going to bring the Ichabods back and Cornucopia. Chapter 58 is titled Hetty Hopkins. So Daisy tells them the plan. And Bert's like, absolutely not, Daisy. I took a vow that I was going to kill them beast. So that night... They decided to make an effort into getting to know the Ichabod. So Bert, Martha, and Roderick kind of drew closer to the Ichabod when Daisy was talking. And they were kind of talking about when they had come, when the Ichabod had come face to face with humans for the first time. So the Ichabod was saying, well, he had yellow face hair, a mustache, a twinkly sword. It was jeweled. And Daisy's like, it must have been the king. So Bert was like, who else did you meet? Who else did you see? Nicobog said, nobody. I ran away and hid behind a boulder. Men killed all my ancestors, so I was afraid. So, so Bert says, but then how did my father die if you ran away? And so the Ichabod says, was your Icar the one who was shot by the big gun? Bert says, shot? Yeah, how, how'd you know this if you ran away? So the Ichabod said, I was looking out from behind a boulder. I wanted to see what the men were doing in the marsh. One man was shot by another man. So Roderick said, Flapoon! He's like, and then he comes out with it because he had been keeping it a secret. He's like, Bert, I once heard my father tell my mother that he owed a promotion to Lord Flapoon in his blunderbuss. I was really young and I didn't realize what it meant, but now I think I do. He's like, I'm sorry I never told you. I was just too afraid to tell you because I didn't know if it was true or not. And so now everything was kind of coming together. He remembered uh, the night in the blue parlor when he found his father's dead hand and pulled it from beneath the flag for his mother to kiss. He remembered how Spittleworth said that they couldn't see his father's body. He remembered Lord Flapoon was spraying him and his mother with pie crumbs and said that he'd always liked Major Beamish. And he's like, all right, I'm with you. You know, this, this Ichabod here did not kill my father. So they're fixing up the wagon because the wagon is part of their plan. And on the third day of getting it ready, they're ready to set out. So they've got it all loaded up with foods and mushrooms and stuff. And in front of the Ichabod, Bert and Roderick were walking and they were carrying signs. Bert said the Ichabod is harmless and Roderick's, Roderick said the, the Spittleworth has lied to you. Daisy, who was on the Ichabod's shoulders, hers said the Ichabod eats only mushrooms and Martha was riding in the wagon with the food and hers said up with the Ichabod, down with Lord Spittleworth. So they're riding this with the Ichabod carrying the wagon. They're riding around and they're going to go to Cornucopia to the king. And for the first couple miles, you know, there's no one there. And the first person they run into is the lady named Hetty Hopkins, who actually gave her children to Ma Grunter because she and her husband weren't able to afford keeping them and feeding them and stuff. And so she sees him. She fall. Uh, sorry, Mister Hopkins. Uh, fa he falls to his knees. He's just in shock. And Hetty's there, and her mouth is hanging open. And they're like, "What is going on?" And then Daisy's like, you aren't dreaming. This is really the Ichabod. It's kind and it's peaceful. And it's never killed anyone in its life. And so Mr. Hopkins and Hetty decided to join them. And now with those two added to the group, they're now heading off for Jeroboam.
the last chapter we'll go over today, chapter 59, is titled Back to Jeroboam. So they're starting to slowly get bigger crowds of people. Not necessarily crowds, but just more and more people are starting to see them. And they're protesting, kind of. They're like, the Ichabod has never killed anyone. You've you've been told lies. And the Ichabod this whole time is just being really kind and friendly, you know, waving at people. It's being really gentle to nearby animals and stuff. And it's obviously giving no signs that it's ever harmed anyone. The Ichabod was literally handing the soldiers flowers. Like, you think this thing killed your grandma? No, it did not. Your Jima was killed by the giant wooden feet and the men who were carrying them. And so they're like, come with us. We're going to see the king and we're going to prove to him that Ichabods are harmless. So very quickly, they're coming to where the orphanage was and Daisy's like, okay, we're going to stop here and we're going to free the children, you know, now that we have the Ichabod. So the Ichabod breaks in the door and helps Daisy get the children out. And the little ones fly into the wagon and the Hopkins twins, you know, see their parents. And Ma Grunter's just screaming and storming and calling everyone back. And then she sees the Ichabod's face, and she's squinting at him through a window. And she passed out cold, bro. She's gone. And the Ichabod is just continuing down the main street. You know, they've got all these children, and more people are following them and rallying behind the Ichabod. And Basher John heard the commotion from the orphanage, and he goes, and he's like, the king needs to know about this. So he runs off, and he is going to go warn Lord Spittleworth of the danger that's marching straight for him. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I know it's kind of longer than this season's episodes have been. I've been trying to make them shorter because I'm not sure lengthwise what people are interested in. So you guys tell me, like, what do you think is too long for an episode, and what do you think is kind of like the right the right amount of minutes that sounds weird for an episode but next week is going to be pretty short short sorry short because there's i do about 10 chapters an episode and there's like four chapters left out of the whole book so um, next week's episode is going to be pretty short and it's also going to be the last episode and also a couple weeks ago i have a poll in an episode um, there's a poll there that you can access from Spotify, if you have Spotify, uh, and it is asking what book you guys would like to do for the next series, season six, and I've got a couple different options. Um, Percy Jackson is in there, uh, The Kane Chronicles is in there, um, and there's just a couple other book um, series and single books that are in there that you can help choose from to decide what the next season is going to be so check those out help me keep you guys interested and thanks for listening and i'll see you next week